College football is amongst chaos. We have special guest Ray King join the show, and we probably won't talk much about NBA, but who cares? We got sports. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with... Nova Scotian Biggie. Nova Scotia, Miggy. We also got Mr. Brown. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a great show. And we're going to you know, start off by just letting you know that we had a great interview tonight. We spoke with former Major League middle reliever Ray King. And I, I'm almost pressed to say it might be my favorite interview we've ever done. Is that fair to say? Yeah, he was outstanding. He, he let loose from the very beginning and uh, made us feel like he was sitting in our own living room, and uh, we had a great time with him. I can't wait to have him back. So anyway, it's going to be later in the show, so we're going to keep you in suspended disbelief until then. But I wanted to start off and, and get this off my chest. My heart is broken, not completely, but it's at least cracked. College football is a freaking mess. All right, so the Big Ten, you know, we have the rumor, then not the rumor. They were going to cancel. Then they said, no, no official vote has taken place, and then it did. And the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decided that football is not something they are interested in doing in 2020. Well, you got two things. I think there was two Big Ten schools that voted to play, Nebraska and Iowa, Heartland schools. Let's get it done. This is just the presidents, though, not the head coaches. True. Uh, well, at least Michigan and John Harbaugh don't lose to Ohio State this year. I guess that's a plus. <laughs> I will say this, with them, two conferences, Pac-12, Big Ten haven't come out to not play. Didn't the Big 12 just release their schedule starting September 26th, all-conference play? Yeah, they released it today. Now, it's not just all-conference, like because obviously we're West Virginia fans. So, like, the West, or Eastern Eastern Kentucky is the Division One or FCS school, I'm sorry, that, that we're playing the first week. And what's funny is, like, They've been like the secondary date to the prom. We've just kind of talked to them. We're like, you know, maybe. Let me see what happens. And like when Florida State told us they didn't want to go to the prom anymore, Eastern Kentucky's like, I will still go with you. It's fine. I already put out. (laughs) You're damn right they are. (laughs) I already bought the ticket. (laughs) (laughs) That was inappropriate. (laughs) It is what it is. Go ahead, Biggie. It was a factual (laughs) statement from real life, though, so it's accepted. I just feel like some of those bigger schools that we were just talking about that aren't going to play this fall, how far behind their student-athletes are going to be. Well, they say they're going to play in the spring. Yeah, right. It's not going to happen. How in the hell are you going to make that happen? So we're going to fall champion versus a spring champion? That's right. It'll be on July 4th weekend, pay-per-view. Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, and Clemson. They're then the college football Final Four in January, and then we're going to have another one in April, the same weekend as the Final Four for college basketball. It'll be like the real champion versus the interim champion. That's terrible. (laughs) I I read this on Facebook today that Nebraska is chomping at the bit to play because they're pissed. Oh, yeah. And I guess they were like, we're going to play in the Big 12. And then the Big 10 said, it was a Big 10, right? They were like, you're not playing in the Big 12. If you try to leave and play out of conference this year, you're no longer in our conference. So here's the thing. So Scott Frost, the coach of Nebraska, might be speaking a little bit above his pay grade, to be honest. The other thing is, you know how much Nebraska made from Big 10 revenue last year? I have no idea. Over $50 million. So the Big 12, I think, probably makes like 35 or 40. And maybe they'll make more if Nebraska's in the fold. 
So a lot of people were talking about how maybe you might see this uh, catastrophic shift in conferences because teams well, are going to play. Here's what needs to happen. The Big 12 actually has 10 teams. So let's bring back Nebraska. Let's add Iowa. Then the Big 12 can actually have 12 teams and we'll play football this <laughs> and year. The Big 10 will have 12 teams. <laughs> and as bad as Frost has been, it'll be a guaranteed bye week for every team that plays Nebraska. And we can like chomp at the bit for what, 94 when they stomped with WVU? Yeah, that's kind of harsh on Frost. He just got there. He's bad. It's bad. <laughs> he took UCF to the promised land. Yeah, that was UCF. <laughs> this is the big boys' land. They hung a national championship banner, baby. He needs to eat more corn. That's, I think that's hot. Well, no, that's Nebraska, too. Never mind. Corn Husker, man. What's they all name? like corn. <laughs> We're getting way too excited about corn. So I'll never that? forget Scott Frost's Nebraska quarterback when they ended up going to the national championship game because the game against Missouri where he threw it into the end the zone where down, they were a running right? team. Yeah. No, no, not the fifth down. That wasn't the fifth down. It ended up going off one of the receiver's legs. Oh, that was right. the, like an immaculate reception. Thing. All right. Yep. So as bad as WVU is right now, and if we played Nebraska, what would be the over-under for that? What would be the spread for Hell, that game? Hell, I don't know, but our chances to win the Natty just went up because there's not 130 teams anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like – West Virginia won our mascot poll, and rightly they should have because they carry a gun. I mean, it's a great mascot. This is the next national championship. It's coming this year. There's only so many teams playing. I don't care if there is a damn asterisk, but if you know, realistically speaking, the Big 12's got to be excited, right? Because then their their chances had to improve. So what do we have here? If we're seriously talking about a college football playoff, we have ACC, SEC, Big 12 who have committed to playing college football. Yeah, they're all saying they're playing. So that's it. Who were the Pac 12 is irrelevant. They've made themselves that way. Nobody gives a shit if they're playing college Amen. football. They just don't. USC, garbage. They're old. You're not they gonna don't miss exist. Oregon, Oregon State. Yeah. You, hey, you know we're missing Ohio State and Michigan for name rights, and that's it. Hey, here's who's chomping at the bit, baby. It's the American Athletic Conference because they're all in and they're always like the sixth conference out. So they got like, all include us. Yeah, UCF and all them guys are like Now's the time, baby. Strike while the iron's hot, baby. <laughs> I just want college football. And, and, like, the thing is, like, the players, and you can give me a bunch of crap about how like, they're young and they don't know what they're doing. Like, these are adults, okay? They're in college. They can make their own decision. Most of these kids want to play. Trevor Lawrence is on social media saying, we just want to play football. Let them play. At least he's in the ACC and not the Big Ten. He wants to play. He wants a uh, college football players association, so they have protected rights. And I really feel like if that did exist, all the conferences would be playing because it wouldn't be as though they were forcing their athletes out there. And like I just said, they've tried to unionize it before; it didn't work. As long as the ACC, the SEC, and the Big Twelve are playing, you're going to have the same Final Four that you would have anyway, minus Ohio State, probably. And I agree 100. I hate to agree with Nick Saban, you know, but he had a quote. And don't quote me exactly, but he said something along the lines that, "Hey, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be villainized no matter what because you know the position I have." But and and say they don't care about player safety. He says since July 4th, people in our program have been two uh, percent or less, which is way less than the national average for COVID. He says let the guys play because to think that they can only catch COVID in football is asinine. And they're going to catch it out there in parties, hanging out with their friends. He says, let them come play. 
and we'll have a season. We'll be fine and we'll be safe. You just hit the nail on the head. That was the best thing you could have said. I know that's what Saban said. These guys who can't play college football this year, who aren't going to then stay in college because they're not opening campus, where are they going back to in a better situation that's less controlled? They're going back to areas that they were trying to run from to start with. That's that's perfect. Let those guys who want to be there, let them play. I want to go to Magic City, damn it. We're going to Magic City. Give me chicken wings. (laughs) Don't go in the champagne room. They can't go to Magic City. They're not 21. So here's the thing is – yeah, they don't make the it. The argument is that these kids, like people were saying, well, oh, that, that's awful judgmental for you to say that these kids would. No, because now they have the structure. Like, let's be honest, a lot of these kids, like, even if they don't come from a broken home or a bad situation, like, you're still turning away an 18, 19, 20, 21 year old to just do what they want. Like, they don't have any structure. Yeah, you know what I hate about that 18, 19, 20 years old, like you just said? At 18, I graduate high school. I can enlist in any military service and go serve. I can die for my country, but I can't decide it's I want to so move from loud. Florida out to Oregon and play for the Ducks, and I'm willing to go Calm through down, this because I'm 18 Calm and play college down. football. I just love how we justify when we decide when these kids are allowed to make their own decisions. He's out of control. Well, I'm sorry. It's just come on now. It's when it's most beneficial to college. All I'm saying is the point is if they're all enrolled and they're in practice and they have all that time, they're committed to do what they want to do there. You know, they're not going to go out and do the things that you just talked about. It is what it is. And that's, that's the same thing for us. Like, we're grown-ass men. We're 40. I'm a man. I'm 40. You know, and, and so if I'm enrolled in school and playing college football that's what i'm dedicated to i don't have time to go out and do this other shit i mean what do they want wings the dinner and the lap dance or i missed something that's the trifecta they want champagne too oh champagne (laughs) wings champagne and the lap do not go in the champagne room exactly i can't make that clear enough it'll be made clear later all right so either way so i guess like some schools are still talking about putting fans in the stands like i i don't think it's going to happen but we'll see I don't see that happening, but it'll be people in the press boxes, coaches, and that's it. So what do we – we got three of the big – we got the power three now, right? So that's what we're looking at. So that's what we got, uh, 14 out of the SEC, 10 out of the the Big 12, and uh, the ACC's got 14. So what is that, 38 schools? Yeah, and of those 38, you'll pick four. And out of those four, like I said before, Ohio State's the only one that would have been in there that isn't. I mean, I, I'm just glad that we'll get some type of college football. And here's the thing. It could still change. I, I appreciate the fact that these three conferences are at least trying to make it work because the kids want to make it work. My question here in closing is this around college football. Who's going to – a year from now, who's going to look like the bigger loser? Do you think the three that are moving forward are going to have egg on their face because they're going to face – like all kinds of issues. Like there's like WVU's got like five bye weeks, right? And they're doing that in case a game gets canceled, they can reschedule it. So who's going to look like the bigger idiots? The schools that canceled or the schools that didn't? The schools that canceled because they're going to see a season go through that could have been put together within their conference only. They're going to lose out on that revenue. And here's why they're going to have egg on their face. USC football will play in 2021. USC field hockey, USC fencing. Some of these other programs that are supported by the football program are going to not exist because they didn't play this year. They took what could have been a 50% loss and made it a 150% loss. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, like, with the public institutions where we have access to see that type of information, like how much money they're, they're operating in the red this year. It's ridiculous. Either way. 
College football. When, when's it going to start? The twelfth. Uh, September twenty sixth is what I saw for the Big Twelve. Okay, so we're way. Well, that's when the conference starts. So it's usually a week before. Well, I know WVU is two weeks before because I remember uh, they have a bye week between their first game and then when conference play starts. So about the middle of September, we'll see football. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, the NFL's already said they're ready to swoop in and, and grab Saturdays and, and capitalize on national markets. Yeah, I've said this before that I, I'm I'm really confident the NFL has the season. If I'm the NFL sitting at home looking at this situation, all right, we already own Sunday, we got Thursday, we got Monday. This is our chance to own the entire weekend. I mean, if you're going to give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. Damn right. <laughs> I mean, why not? Yep. We got to make money. Damn it. Print their own money. So I know last week, Mr. Brown, you and I talked about how we didn't watch the NBA at all, but I got to be honest with you. I've been watching the Phoenix Suns because they're seven and no inside the bubble. I'm ready to buy my Javon Carter jersey, but is there anything else of news that you paid attention to at all? Like, can you, can you bring some of our listeners back to the NBA? I saw Javon Carter. Someone shared it in one of our basketball groups. They even said, this dude's hustling. He's a bulldog. Vote for this guy. Javon Carter doing his thing on the defensive end. I love him because he's our guy, right? But I, I, I can't, like, feel that, you know, on an NBA level, and I got it. But I saw that the Greek freak got head-butted for suspended uh, – he, he headbutt somebody? Yeah, for the la- he's suspended for the last game of the year for headbutting Mo Wagner. Oh, well, that don't even matter. He's out. And then I also realized that uh, uh, Zion, they're eliminated. The Pelicans, which is a big draw for the NBA, they're out. So let's just see what happens well, from there. What was so funny is the NBA was so convinced on trying to do this format to give the Pelicans a chance they to make won the playoffs. There was a bunch of talk about how – they gave the Pelicans the easier schedule to get Zion in. Grizzlies fans were pissed and because the Pelicans they wanted arrest to him. Yeah. 15 on, minutes. Of, what the hell are you doing? And Come all, on. And all the while, the Phoenix Suns are lurking. They went from like the 13th seed and now where they're in this like playoff format. No, you got dudes, uh, you talk about Javon Carter, but you got NBA dudes talking about get get Booker out of Phoenix because that dude's a oh, stud. Dray- Draymond said He that. said get that Got dude out of grand. Phoenix because he's a stud and he's dropping whatever he wants to drop like and 35 a game. He's just stuck in Phoenix. But you know what I realized time. with Zion playing 15 minutes a game? There's no way Michael Jordan was suspended from the NBA by David Cern because it killed ratings. He's your biggest draw. Dude, that's the biggest They set rock. the schedule up to bring Zion to the playoffs in the 8th seed to face LeBron. Look at where the ratings are right now. You guys talked about this last week. If the NBA it was fixed. Zion would have been playing, and the Pelicans would have been in at eight. Look, first of all, in the Jordan rumor, anybody that thinks that's reality is, is is got their head up their ass because why in the world would that even happen? And if they were going to do it, they would have just done it. They wouldn't have done it like in a pseudo way because, like, what's the point? The truth gets out anyway. The Jordan but haters want to say that, it. That's all it is. The, but the thing about the the Pelicans, they did they didn't want any part of it. They didn't want to play the Lakers in the first round. Let the teams that are hungry, and that's what's happening. But at least I can say I've actually seen some highlights and watched a little bit more of the games, but it seems like there's a lot of guys that are not playing right now, and, and you have teams that, whether they're a four-seed or a five-seed or a three-seed or a six-seed, they don't really care because there's no home-court advantage. Yeah, right now, nobody really gives a poop about he anything that's guaranteed a playoff <laughs> spot. Boop, boop. 
because uh, they just don't want to get hurt. They've got a chance to bring a title home. And in 2050, we don't care that they played in a bubble in Orlando. So if you're the Bucks, you're not playing Giannis. The Rockets with Harden, Westbrook, LeBron. The only teams that are really out there hustling are the ones that want to get in. Spurs, Suns, Grizzlies. Uh, the, the Pelicans, the Pelicans, they want their lottery pick. Maybe we'll get lucky and we'll get another high pick. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. They're trying to pair someone with uh, Zion. Yeah, and well, you got foundation because they're not going to win it this year anyway. They're oh. going to try to be like the Magic and get back to back lottery picks. Yeah, you're right. The uh, the the thing for me though is we were talking about Luka Doncic and how he gained all that weight. Dudes looked like a stud in the return so far. Baller. He's, he's putting up numbers. Hey, he's already been a league MVP overseas in the second toughest league there is in this world. Uh, they <laughs> talked about him being puffy. That's the word they like to use during puffy. quarantine. But Pudgy. he has come out and just straight balled. You know, the thing that Doncic said was, you know, he's used to playing in environments like this because overseas you would play like a slew of games at one site, so it wasn't really home yeah. court advantage. So this isn't like a – a huge thing for him. He he adapts well, apparently. Luca, I love him. Outside of the Bulls, who are on my team, Luca's my favorite player in the league. All right, so oh, and I will. I'll bring this up. Oh, just just to say this, I heard the Bulls are going to keep on Jim Boylan because Reinsdorf's concerned about financial uh, fallback next year without potential fans. Nobody. Cares if they about do that, fans. I'm going to become a Luca Dallas Maverick, Mark Cuban. They're going to become my new team. You would hope. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have the right to switch teams from the Bulls to the Mavericks because you've had like 18 championships with the Patriots. you got to <laughs> stick with the Bulls through thick and thin and to ride it out like the rest of us MFers because you've had enough championships. I haven't had a championship since 1998. You know I what? thought the Mariners being bad for 20 years gave me that pass. I understand now that it doesn't. Okay. You won't stay up, okay? Hey, being a Cincinnati Bengals fan, you guys being Bulls fans – since Jordan retired, now you know what it feels like. Mm. And nope. it, it hurts. No, no but you're Bengals, Reds, and who else? You don't really have an NBA team. My NBA team left. So, yeah, your last thing was 90. I'm Se- Seattle uh, Kraken. So, I feel so bad for you. Now I understand why you're such a smartass. Yeah, I mean, all I can do is lash out in angst and anger. That, do you understand yep. now, Biggie, yeah. why he's the way he is? I'm yeah. not allowed to have nice things, damn it. <laughs> Nobody else is either. <laughs> I'm going to break your shit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a long time, long time middle reliever, pitcher, left handed extraordinary. He played in the majors for, I think, 10 years, maybe over 10 years. I know I'm right there close. Mr. Ray King joins us all the way via satellite from Arizona. Ray, how you doing today, sir? I'm not that old, man. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? How are you guys? Yeah, I'm doing well. You look like you could still play. I'll give you that. Well, the new rules, I couldn't play because you got to face three hitters. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Man, I hate to even jump right into that, but I'm going to tell you, I can't stand that rule. I hate it with a passion. I know they're trying to speed up the game, but, man, I I feel like it takes away some strategy a little bit. I I, I appreciated the fact that managers had to make these tough decisions on, like, do I just want to use this guy for one one batter and then not have him the rest of the game, so – you know, I guess that specialty is gone now. Well, I just think, you know, you take away from integrity of the game. You look at the Cardinals back in 85-86, you know, you know, Whitey Ball, you know, or even La Russa over the past years to where, you know, you need an out right in and there, bases loaded, two outs up by run. You come get that left and get them out of it. You got a chance to win that game to where now, 
I say things that they probably hate hearing is, you want to speed up the game? Cut the commercials. <laughs> That's not a bad Absolutely. Hey, <laughs> and who's ever went to a game and said, man, I wish this was over sooner? Yeah, exactly. To where if you go in a game live, and especially a baseball fan, to you, you want that nail biting. You want that that excitement to where you know here come a left end, you're gonna face some Barry Bonds or turn Chipper Jones around or things like that. To where it's baseball, it's America's pastime. It's not right. America's commercial time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna find a 25 year old today that's never cared anything about baseball, and because you change the game from three hours to two hours and 45 minutes, they're all of a sudden going to become a fan. Well, I just tell everybody, you want to, the game has involved so much to where I'm glad the guys get an opportunity to play in the majors, but you got too many guys that are making it to the majors that even in my day wouldn't even sniff a team to where the guys are coming in. So you get these guys that are, you know, 18, 19 coming out of college and great for them, make all the money in the world, but they don't understand why they made that money or why they're at, they're there to where, you know, it was pride. And after games, I stayed in the locker room with the Mark Greases and, you know, Sammy Sosa's to where I couldn't leave until they leave to where now when the last out is recorded, these guys are already in a uniform, out of the uniform, in the car, to where they don't understand why baseball it is. Because if you talk the game, you can learn the game. If you run away from the game, you're just waiting on the 15th and the 30th. Absolutely. So you, you jumped in immediately on the – Three batter minimum. So I had another rule change I was going to bring up anyway. Since we're on the rules, I'm going to bring this up real quick. You saw the top of the 10th or an extra innings now. Runner on second. You already have a runner on there. Are you a fan of that, or do you think it's just like more Bush League stuff here? Like To me, I think it's like travel ball softball rules, in my opinion. That's my opinion. <laughs> but I think Ron, uh, I think the commissioner is uh, from California. That's why he calls it California rule, right? <laughs> I, I think it's absolutely terrible. You know, the game of baseball has been this way for hundreds of years to where you play into there as a winner. You don't put a guy on second. And, you know, I think the other night it was so funny. I, I watched the uh, Braves did it, right? Yeah. Well, they, you know, got him over and, you know, suicide squeeze to win the game. To where, you know, you didn't get a hit, but you won. Explain Man. that one. Yeah, exactly. And here's what's even weirder is the, the the pitcher that comes in the 10th inning, you give up that go-ahead run from the ghost runner, that don't hit your ERA, but if like two runs would score, the second one does. But, I mean, it shouldn't hit you. I got it, but it's just weird to me. Yeah, because the same thing, you can be the odd man out, and if you go on a series and you do two tie games, you come in both, you can, you can walk away from there 0-2, mm-hmm. and you didn't give up a hit. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't you walk take, anybody. You, you didn't give up a hit. Right. You gave up a sack fly and a you know suicide squeeze, and you lost a game into where in a, in a column you got the loopy. Now, now, Ray, I give a slight pass to this year just because I know they're trying to cram so many games into a short span. I hope this doesn't become like a long term like plan for Major League Baseball. Uh, the other thing too is now you got these seven inning games, and again, I, I understand it's all about trying to you know, cram it into, you know, this small window. But for someone like you and the position you played, you know, I, I'm a Reds fan. And, and so, like, right now our starting pitching is great. I was hoping, like, we could get, like, the next five games rained out so that way the starting pitching could just be playing because and our, our bullpen's been atrocious. Everybody goes seven. So, so I'm like, hey, we'll was, just get those seven I was innings. Joking. I was joking about the Reds' bullpen. Maybe they should go to the rodeo and be in that bullpen because – I've seen some of them games, man. They, yeah, they feel like you're playing that, uh, you know, right there in little small parks to where the ball flies out. You're up by five. The next thing you know, you lost the game because – Man, it's been know, bad. It's been terrible. It's, we, 
Uh. Yeah, I seen somebody put on Facebook. Can we we uh, lose two pitchers in front of pitching coach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're making crazy decisions this year. Uh, they, uh, for you sure, know, for for a short season, man. Uh, they're they're trying trying to make it count, I guess. Yeah, I mean the, they, the they're, Braves trying to, are... they're trying to get to that skyline killing. That's oh, it. God. Uh, I, you know what? I, I love Cincinnati, but I can't say I'm a big fan of Skyline Chili. Let's just say it tastes that. better at two o'clock when you got a few beverages in you. Exactly. Oh, That's what it's <laughs> that leads me on my next question because anytime I'm traveling, like the way you guys got to travel, I mean, I love traveling and trying new food in different places. So, in your opinion, which city, major league city has the best food that you that, that you remember? We already said, said Skyline Chili. That's uh, yeah, it's Skyline. Yeah. That's the worst. That's that's the alcohol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I, I think to go through the cities, if you really want to get into deep food, Miami because it's so authentic with different you know cultures coming into Miami. Uh, you're looking for a great great restaurant where you want to dress up and look the part. Chicago, you know, it's probably the best food. You know, restaurants there, high-end class restaurants, Chicago. Um, and then, you know, Philly, when you go in there, get your Philly, Philly cheesesteak. If you get Geno's or Pat's, you know, it's all about are, the are, so are you Pat's or Geno's? Do you have a preference? I just told them, let me, give me half of one from each. There you <laughs> go. That's a good politically correct <laughs> answer. I like that. But, hey, then, and you know, each city got something different. Like, you go to St. Louis, you know, you got the fried raviolis you got to try. Right. And, like I said, coming to Cincinnati, even though I'm not a big chili fan, but you got to try it. Same thing, Philly with the cheese steaks and, you know, just different places to try different food. But, you know, good, good steakhouses, you know, Chicago, Houston, Seattle, to where for me it's all about the hotel. You know, where's the location of the hotel for me? Right. So you're from Chicago originally, correct? Originally from Chicago, grew up a lot in Tennessee. All right. So for Chicago purposes, what's one restaurant that if we we haven't been to Chicago that we should try? Luminati's deep dish pizza, deep mm. dish pie. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I'm on a low carb diet, and that sounds amazing <laughs> right now. They might have cauliflower crust. Yeah. Here. They have cauliflower <laughs> crust. <laughs> you on a low carb diet drinking IPA beer? That's the only carbs I get every week. <laughs> so you're drinking your carbs? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> he called you out quick. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. <laughs> I, I did watch him just eat like a burger with no bun a second ago. Yeah. They were pretty good. You know, my uh, girlfriend here, she worked for a place called Red Mountain, and they do that, you know, kind of carb counting and all that. And I tried that with her, and it's tough, man. But once after the second week, you can get through it. At first week, it seemed like every time you turn the TV on, there's a big burger or pizza, or you, <laughs> you go somewhere and they talk about food. I'm like, man, we maybe we need to go to the gym. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that's part of it, too. You should, we should all go. Right. So, Ray, how many teams did you play for when you were uh, in the majors? Let's see. We got Chicago, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Colorado, Washington, and I think that's it. Five, six? Atlanta, man. Atlanta. Atlanta. Well, well, why did the American League hate you so much? Well, to me, American League baseball is not baseball. Yes. sit back and wait for the three-run homer, and they always complain. You know, they can always get there. I tell you, the only thing about the American League, they can win the All-Star game. That's about it. Dude, after that, we've got to have you back on. You've already won me over uh, just with that statement. <laughs> it's, it's not that the American League didn't want him. He didn't want the American I, I League. That's, that's right. what it was. Well, that that's why baseball is so long is American League. Yeah. That's you right. look at you go you go to Oakland game, and that game lasted almost four and a half hours. You go to Chicago Day game, you almost get out of there at 220 if you got a good pitcher going. That's right. 
All right, so for people who, who don't know a lot about your career, I did find a couple interesting statistics that I think you appeared in around 600 games, maybe more. Do you know how many games you actually appeared in? I think it was like 606 or 609 or something like that. Okay, and you never started a game, correct? Never started a game. Never. St- how many saves do you have? Two. All right, so, nice. so you are the definition of the middle reliever. <laughs> Well, I joke. I was joking with some people all night. I was like, "Been a left-handed reliever, I can go out and do my job nine out of ten times, and nobody ever say a word. But the one time I lose or uh-huh. give up the lead, here's a microphone in my face, and I joke with a reporter. He's like, "Oh, what are you trying to do? I was trying to throw it down the middle, see if I can hit it. He did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but God. my first save, you want the funny part? My first save was against Cincinnati. Nice. Okay." We were like sitting there. I, I had pitched because uh, when I go to Cincinnati, I face Casey Griffey, Don, almost every day. We had just came from Atlanta, so I had faced Chipper and um, Marcus Giles a couple times in that series. I get in Cincinnati. I pitched the first night, and then Larusa is like, "All right, don't even put your spikes on." I'm like, "All right." So we're up like ten to <laughs> five or something like that. Ten to six, ten to seven. I was sitting to get a phone call. It's like the uh, clubhouse guy got your spikes by the door. So I throw my spikes on, and I come in. I got to face Griffey to get Griffey out to get the save. That was my first save. Nice. So you weren't even ready to play that game, and they just threw you Mentally, out. I was so. shut down. I was done. I was thinking where I'm going to go have some food and some beverages afterwards. Hey, they go across the river to Covington. Hey, <laughs> hey nothing, nothing wrong with that. Well, it's like I tell everybody. One thing about me is I was able to – you look at my records where I pitched in a lot of 80, 85, 86 games, but I went to the ballpark every day mentally prepared to pitch to where when I did pitch, I was ready to where some guys, oh, I may not get in, I may not get in, to where when that phone ring, you get surprised. And sometimes you get surprised, you're not going to get results. So I was going to actually bring that up because Mr. Brown being the Braves fan he is – I believe you have the franchise record for number of appearances in a single season. I think I have. I think it was eighty-four with Atlanta. I had eighty-six with the Cardinals. So you, I, you know, I, I think had the you nickname got, Everyday Ray. You got a lot with the Brewers too. One year too, didn't you? Yeah, that was so funny. I was looking back this old paperwork to where, and I saw my first multi-year deal. I had a lot of sinister or games pitched, and it started at fifty games. So I oh, almost wow. made my first couple of years. I made more money on the sinners. So I just hit my salary. <laughs> Here comes the money. That's yeah, right. They was like, do you need a day? I was like, I'll, I'll take tomorrow. It's Mark. If you need a day, I'll take tomorrow. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you also, and uh, again, I'm just trying to compliment our guest here the best I possibly can. <laughs> 328 games without issuing an intentional walk. That's a funny story right there because it's, you look Four back years. to where there's, you know, there's a lot of games where I came in and, you know, you kind of look at the situation, okay, I got a lefty up, I got a righty up, I got this to where, you know, I guess I had confidence in managers to where, you know, I didn't have to throw the, you know, the four wide. But now you just hold up the four fingers. That that bugs the shit out of me too, but excuse my That's language. Terrible. But That's terrible. That, that kills me. But that's just one of the things where I look back on some of the things that I did, like, I, you know, Couple years with that that stat, and you know, one year I had like thirty one holes, and another year I had like you know, so many innings without you know giving up a run, and so things like that. You look back in your career while you're doing, you really don't think about it, but you look back to where, especially in the game, you know, baseball is just you know game of inches. One inch one way is a home run. Next inch is a ground ball to short. 
Absolutely. I mean, you did you play with Rick and Keel during the the Wonder Years and like he, I, played, he could, I played against Rick. Played against so Rick, but I, I him know as, Rick him well. as, I was just going to say him as a pitcher with those uh, intentional walk. You can't tell me that's not important because you don't know where it was going to go. So I feel like you got to throw those four pitches outside and then let them take her base. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that takes away from integrity of the game because yeah, I agree. I'm not going to lie. One time I was trying to intentionally walk somebody and I threw it to the backstop. Instinct blows. <laughs> but the funny part is I threw it to the backstop. The runner for third takes off. It hits the brick, come right back to Molina. We get the guy out. And reporters brought it up. I was like, dude, we've been practicing that since spring training. <laughs> right. Yeah, like the, like the hidden ball. That's it. <laughs> it's true. You said your first save was against Griffey. So I'm going to ask you, was that your favorite baseball moment while playing? Is there something else? Yeah, that, what's, what's that, the highlight of your career? That sticks out in your mind to this day? Well, I think the highlight of my career is, you know, I think Barry Bonds is probably the best hitter to ever play the game. We Regardless agree. of if they bring up steroids and I, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Damn, I love this you look guy. at my stats against him, he's one for 24 against me. One for 24. Well, let me, let me and the this. one hit, every time I look at that Atlanta Braves head, I want to choke Javi Lopez. Oh, wow. What do you do? Pass ball? Because what do you do? I have Barry all the time. I throw Barry two seam fastballs and four things away. Javi put out slider. I shook. Javi put out slider. Oh. I shook again. And old saying, once the you know, once the catcher put it on the third time, he sees something that you don't. And I threw it and hit a home run and lose the game. And that was one time we talked about where <laughs> never on ESPN, but that one night on ESPN, I get three hundred eighty-six calls. Do the so your ESPN gave a home run to five. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, do you hear that? And he's like, what? I hang up. <laughs> Maybe you should have Eddie Perez that day. You know, let's give up the offense and let's go with the defense. Right, right, right. So, for the record, though, to try to make you feel a little better, Barry Bonds has a .042 batting average against you. I owned him. <laughs> Put him in the Hall of Fame, damn it. Yeah. If he go, I go. <laughs> yeah. That was my next question. Who did you own? But you already answered it. So, I guess my next question is, who did you hate seeing the most? Wait, before he answers, did I, did I see once that Tommy hit a walk-off off of you? Why you got to bring that up? Uh, man, I was trying to put together this video montage to like show our followers and no, but, but you just you know, said the that, funny is that funny is that right first. there. Jim Tome is probably the nicest guy in baseball behind Sean Casey. So it was so funny. Like I was I was young with the Brewers. I had just pitched against Atlanta. I had punched out Chipper. Uh, I had punched out Harvey and uh, Andrew Jones. I got to hit a ground ball back to me, and then I'm walking across and. Uh, Hank White, Henry Blanco's a catch. He's like, this game's easy. And the next <laughs> night I go to Cleveland, the first pitch, I'm feeling good. I throw a pitch. I look up. It's like 97. I was like, man, I feel good tonight. Next pitch, <laughs> Tommy hit a dead center, home run, walk off. And the next day, Tommy comes out. He's like, man, you're going to be really good in this league. You throw real hard. But I saw you look at the radar gun. I knew you are going to throw a fastball. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. He read you too much. So, so, hey, I, got- I never looked at another radar gun in the stadium. Hey, I got a baseball trivia question for you. Do you know who has the all-time Major League Baseball record for walk-off home runs? Is it Tommy? It is Tommy. See, don't you feel better now? <laughs> yeah. I love baseball, man. It's the best game there is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, what hitter did you hate seeing the most? You own Bonds, which is amazing, but who did you hate to see? I hate seeing Juan Pierre. Remember with the Marlins? Oh, yes. gosh. Just pesky. Where I'm like, dude, you never take a full swing. 
It's just like he's trying to slap it, slap it. I remember one time I faced him. I threw him 17 pitches. Wow. After the 16 pitch, I, I, I called timeout, and I, I called um, – we had this kid, kid uh, Johnny Estrada, catching. So I, I called him out. I'm like, dude, let's just throw it right down the middle and see what happens. Because hitters like that, they're either trying to pull the inside pitch, go all the way, and throw it right down the middle, and he took it. And the next time, I'm like, dude, what are you looking for? He's like, dude, I'm looking so in and out. I was like, there you go. You throw the ball down the middle, a hitter can't, can't hit. They don't know what to do with it. <laughs> oh, it's almost too easy. Like, you're out thanking them. Just like, just right. put it on a platter. Put it on a platter. But, I, you know, yeah. I had some great hitting coaches over the years. You know, I had Rod Carew and, you, nice. know, in, you know, in Atlanta. You know, I had some great, you know, Terry Pendleton to where, you know, they – I talked to hitters, pitching, hitting coaches and hitters because – they would tell you how to get them out. If you really look at the game of baseball as a pitcher, I'm going to give you one hit to hit. If you don't hit that pitch, I'm supposed to get you out. Because you really look at it, they go three for ten. They're, they're a great hitter. But as a pitcher, you go only one hitter. You give up a home run, your ERA is 27. To where now you just look at them to where, okay, I'm going to you know, I'm trying to throw a pitch and get your reaction. If I can get your reaction, then I got you. If you don't give me a reaction – that's what made Tony Gwynn so good to where <laughs> right. he's just the same every time, right? You, you don't know how to yeah, read that. So we were talking baseball the other day, and they showed a stat with Tony Gwynn, like swung and missed like eight or ten times the whole entire year. Uh, he struck ridiculous. out one year. I think he struck out like eight times the whole year. And I got shit. You got Stan striking like eight times in a doubleheader. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Uh in the, in the history of baseball, my grandpa loved Ted Williams, and I have some Ted Williams photos around the studio here. But Name for me, it's t- yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I love Ted Williams. The next guy for me is t- Tony Gwynn, right? I mean, exactly. that, that's my two guys. And, I, I mean, like, I feel like those are the best two pure hitters, in my opinion, it's just on my charts. I, I love Tony well, Gwynn. Well, Tony's stats jump off the page, too, when he's facing, like, elite pitchers. Yeah. Like, like if, if he was against like a Maddox or somebody like that, we always see that like he owns them better than anybody else. Well, right, that's... Stat, I think they did it. There's a stat where, um, you know, Glavin, Smoltz, and Maddox in their prime, Tony Gwynn's like a 310 lifetime hitter. Right. And everybody where, else is like lucky to be 150. <laughs> yeah. Cause when you go to San Diego, you have guys who go to the ballpark early just to watch Tony Gwynn take batting practice to where, you know, here's a guy that, you know, if you look at him, it's like, you know, what's amazing about him, they put that uniform on and it's just because I faced him one time and, yeah, I threw a pitch. I, you know, I had him 0 I'm like, let me just see if I get him chase. Yeah, he just flipped it right over third base in front of double. I'm like, awful. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah, just go ahead and go to first base. You know, yeah, you can't be mad. Take, we'll call that a hit. So he was one for one versus you. It was, I, I got to face him like two or three times, but I oh, okay. got a couple hits to where he was right. just, you know, it's like, you know, game of chess, and he's the chess master. Man, Ray, I'm telling you, we could talk all night, and I don't want to keep you forever. So, You're good. I got uh, time. We can sit around. <laughs> yeah, great, great. I'm going to go here. give me a beverage. <laughs> there yeah. you go. If we need to take a timeout, you let us know. Uh, <laughs> good. Watching the season this year so far, how has it felt for you? What have been your thoughts, or have you paid attention at all? What, like, How are you looking at this year? Well, it's great to have the game back, but, you know, with this crisis we're going through, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, it's, you know, it's everybody's safety. You know, we got teams that have done this and done that, or I went out with a friend, I did this to where 
the game of baseball is what we all love and it's great seeing it, but it's kind of weird watching it with cardboard cutouts or they're saying you're piping in fake music. But I tell yeah. everybody, if you're a competitor, once you step on the mound and you hit or get in a box, it's game on because even though it may not be what it is, but I still got to go out and compete because I got to, if I'm a free agent, this is what I got to do. Right. And, you know, for guys that are opting out, I don't have anything negative to say to them. But you got a lot of guys that this could be their last year or could be their first year to where they only get 20, 30 of bats. And if they go back to normal to where do I get another shot to where it's a game right now, it's uncertain. So you got to, you know, quote unquote, get a ball out. Yeah, I mean, it's been crazy, like you said. So you've had the, the Marlins who love Magic City Wings in Atlanta. You have <laughs> you have the Cardinals who love the casino. I don't know which casino. And then Detroit. You, they were in Detroit. And then you have the couple dudes on the Indians starting rotation who went out with some friends in Chicago, and now they're being self-quarantined. So every team's adapting to this, and it's like no one's really at full strength to an extent. I guess for me, do you feel like the MLB should have tried a bubble like the NBA, or do you feel like that just wasn't reasonable for Major League Baseball? Well, I don't think you can do a bubble because you got, you know, 32 teams. You're trying to find a neutral site. Where are you going to find right. something neutral site? You know, only neutral sites that you probably could do is maybe, you know, Milwaukee and Chicago where there's 81 miles and you play two double hitters, but you still got to do it. But I just think it's at the point to where, you know, the protocol from the commissioner should have been better to where, okay, here's what we're going to do. No leaving hotels, no doing this. We're going to put you at the nicest hotels. We're going to have food catering, drinks, whatever. Go to the bar and just shut that hotel down. And then you're going from the hotel to the ballpark. Because, yeah, you want to go out. You want to enjoy. You're in a big league. You're making money. You don't you want to enjoy it. But this is a time now to where you're affecting other people. You know, to who, who say you may, I'm going to meet a friend, no big deal. But you pick up this COVID. Now you bring back in the clubhouse and you can affect 13, 14 guys. That's what happened. And now you're losing, you know, losing 10, 12 games to where here's this kid that, you know, was having a good year. And now you miss these games, come back. You may go over 20 and out of a job next year. Yeah. I mean, and you've had the player versus player, like, you know, calling out other players, like, you know, you should have our back. You shouldn't be out doing this type of thing that happened with the Indians recently. But also I've heard backlash from the fans saying that, you know, it's only a two month season. Can you not just, follow the rules and so we can have Stay a champion so i mean the fans are pissed because of that but i mean i got it's easier said than done but i don't i don't really think there's a right or wrong answer and it's it's hard for everybody but and it's just weird this year right. i guess but I, and I, I get what you're, you're saying it's too many yeah. people for a bubble but yeah. you're you're staying at the westons marriott four season right. you're not staying right. at the red roof inn right exactly well the marlins might i don't know <laughs> <laughs> But it's the same thing as to where you look at the basketball, they get the right way where they've been negative with any COVID testing and they're playing in a bubble. And uh, But, you know, everybody's different. You take the risk. They're trying to be the first team to try to bring fans back because, you know, maybe first time they go to playoffs, so they're trying to do right. something. Well, the but NBA, though, they don't even have all their teams in the bubble and they only have, like, less than half of what an MLB roster is. Well, it's the same with the Marlins. They're playing with a double-A team because they you know, have 13, 14 guys that have been COVID. Hey, they're but still doing all right. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's just it, – it's a crazy time to where, you know, just like here in Arizona, how many times I went to the grocery store, got out of the car, and got halfway to the grocery store. I was like, oh, crap, I forgot my mask. Yeah, go right. back to the car and all get it to where, 
you know, I'm the type where have I been out more than I should have? Yeah. I'm not, you know, you pick and choose and place you go. And, you know, I'm not going, you know, to a nightclub. So if I go to a bar and have a drink and there's an empty seat beside me, I'm going to go. It's that, just that's not how we are. No chicken wings? You ever go to Magic City? <laughs> dollar dollar bill, y'all. Don't, don't, don't answer that. <laughs> Get a haircut, the wings, and a lap dance. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah! Hey, I look. They have four and a half stars on Yelp, though. That's what it is. It's Magic City. Let's get out of champagne room, though. Okay. Right. That's uh, you know we don't want to breach protocol. We got to keep everybody safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we should have just done the whole show with Ray. I know. I agree. Hey, is, hey. So, is there anything you're you're involved with now? You'd like to get out there and like talk to the crowd yeah, about? What's it? life? Life after baseball. Well, you know, right now I'm doing a lot of uh, like individual private lessons here in Arizona, and I do it at a third of the cost that a lot of people charge because my main thing is trying to help a kid get better. I'm not trying to make money off this kid because there's so many guys out there charging 75, 80 bucks, and you know, he telling the guy to drop and drive. I'm like, what the hell is drop and drive? <laughs> or you got these hitting coaches like, you know, I'm gonna teach you to, you know, the loft angle and all this. Where my main thing is, I want a kid to get from eighth grade to make this freshman team. From freshman team, don't shoot for JV, shoot for varsity to where, you know, when I when I get that phone call, like, hey, coach, I made the team. Hey, coach, I got a scholarship. Hey, coach, you know, thanks for everything you've done. That's my reward because the game of baseball, it gave me a lot. And so if I can give back in any way, that's what I'm doing. Nice. Right, do you teach the kids how to bunt? Because that would be really beneficial in the <laughs> age of the shift. I'm just saying. Well, I tell everybody, if you can't bunt, you can't hit. I like that. <laughs> Where you send a couple guys, like them guys, like, you know, if a guy is at third base playing second base and you give him that line, I'm a butt. I'm going to make you stop doing it. If not, I picked up three hits in the series. I went from 278 to 292. And next thing you know, I'm knocking on 300. But I remember the first time I ever seen that shift. I was with Atlanta and I'm facing Barry and I look over and Vinny Castillo's at, at, at shortstop. And then Blouse is over behind second, and Giles is over by first. And I'm like, I'm pitching him away. <laughs> so it's like, what the hell? And all of a sudden, I throw a fastball away and rolls over to second base. Would have been a base hit in the hole, but it's right to, you know, I call a softball right to the rover. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, speaking of speaking of you know hits and and putting the ball in play and whatnot, how many how many career hits did you end up with while you were in the majors? I think we're cutting out. Did I hear you? <laughs> you're a pitcher you're not supposed to hit i'm just curious i guess i got six of bats and the same thing one one time i were in san francisco and i hit a ball i was you know let i'm lefty and i hit it and i'm late and it's down left the line it's like this way i'm in my head it's gonna drop and I look up and barry's playing right there on the line so i'm just like oh. come on hey, but it's I tell everybody but pitchers are the best Hitters in little league and high school, and they get to college, you stop hitting. Hey, those who can't teach. That's right. No. That's poetic. <laughs> but we okay. appreciate you coming on the show. You have been uh, – uh, this is one of the best guests we've had, right? Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, we get a lot of people in here. They like to talk about themselves forever, and we don't get in all the fun stuff that we got to with you, so we greatly appreciate it. We hope that you'd like to come back on the show sometime. Yeah, definitely anytime. You got my number anytime. Like I said, I love the game. I love talking. I love talking outside of the game because 
you know, that game is a beautiful thing to where I got a chance to go and do things I never would have got a chance to do, and I love it. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, without the fans, like I'm still watching it with a passion because the game within the game is so enchanting. Like I'm stuck to it, you know, and I'm glad baseball's here because summer would be somewhat kind of just, just depressing. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be awful. But so I'm glad, guys, a lot of people will ask me, is it tough to pitch with no fans? I'm like, no, because in spring training, when you go on the backfields, you, you, you play in inner squad games with no fans anyway. So, yeah. you know, you got to get them out. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, right. you don't do if you don't do good, it's still gonna show up on Sports Center. <laughs> <laughs> not top ten plays, just not yeah, not, not the, top ten. Only that one out of the twenty some, you know, Barry Bonds at bats gets you on Sports Center. Yeah, no, the one night, you know, they show everybody. Don't show the other yeah. twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> that is the life of the middle reliever, Ray. We appreciate you coming on the show, brother. Thanks, and we'll hopefully talk to you soon. Okay, I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. So we had a great time talking with Ray King. We can't, I can't wait to have him back on the show, honestly. Like he was full of energy and the fact that he just cut loose and tells us what he thinks, that's great. But let's all cut loose for a second. We got a big week ahead, do we not? Fantasy football hardcore level league. Ladies and gentlemen, you might play fantasy football. You might do a live draft. But I'm telling you right now, you have never, ever been on the level of hardcore football. Mr. Brown, when did this league start? I think it was, what, 2000 or 2001? I, th- I feel like there's a, a 19 at the beginning of it. It might be 1999. It might be 99. I think this is the year 21. Y2K got us to start. We thought the world was going to end. It was 99. It's, I, it's 21. I feel like, yeah, it's got to be 99. We're, we're, we're rolling along. Like, it's – I lost count. How many we seasons. have founding fathers. In 99. And, and most of them are still here. We have a good, uh, you know, half dozen that are still there. So Now we're up to a 12-team league. For people who play fantasy football, let's, let's let them hear our strict rules. So how many teams do we have? We got 12. And what are our positions? What do we do? We have no flex. No flex. We're still old school. We have three wide receivers, two running backs, one quarterback, tight end, kicker, and uh, defense. All right, so how often does somebody score 160, 170, 180 no, points? Anytime you score 100, you've had a good week. Right. So you, what you're saying is every point matters? Every point. And I want to rule out the kickers, but no one's agreeing with me. So you can score 80 points and win, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the flex. People love the flex. We despise the flex. The flex makes it easy. With 12 teams, you ain't got nobody you can pick up. So if you don't draft yeah. well, you're screwed. On top of that, we have 12 teams. We draft 18 rounds. So when you get to the waiver wire, there's no one there. You're basically drafting players that you hope are like backup running backs. You hope that the regular running backs can go down. It's going to be a good time. 12 teams, 18 rounds, three starting wide receivers per team. You get to week seven and you're trying to find a buy guy to start in your third spot. Or if you had another guy on buy that week, it gets a little difficult. So it's very interesting. On top of that, most players hit the waiver wire in our league. If they're free agents, they're free agents. So you have to watch the game. And if you see a guy tear that ACL, you're going to be the quickest guy. And if you're not, I'm sorry you had the kids had your thing. You had your men's softball. But guess what? This is hardcore fantasy football. And if you can't watch it on Sunday – that's on you, brother. I'm sorry, but you're not making your $900. Turn your notifications on. Got to be a vulture. 
<laughs> Speaking of vultures. Absolutely. When you're watching Sunday morning and you're looking at Matthew Barry and Field Yates and they're telling you who the 10 hot guys are this week, they're already on a roster in yeah, hardcore football. Like there's no Find football. one after those 10. We have no advice we can get from people like Matthew that. Barry, we want the top 20. Yeah, give, give us like the 382nd guy you would pick because that's the only guy that's available for us. Now, the draft is Saturday. What time does the draft start? It starts at 5 p.m. What time will it end? Well. Question mark? 12, 1-ish. That's, that's conservative. Yeah. You can check out, but you never leave. It's one of those deals. <laughs> So it, it is. We have people coming in from, you know, we in the past Pennsylvania, Maryland, North Dakota, Missouri. It's an in-person draft. We don't do this Skype bullshit, right? Right. Absolutely. I have guys texting me right now as we're doing a podcast, a waiting list, asking when the draft starts, and they're like, "So be it, be it, be at the studios at 12? And these are people that aren't in the draft. Yeah. Like these are people that want to show up. They're saying be there at twelve. This is the first guy, first year guy. He's like new to the uh, fantasy football. <laughs> he says, "Do I need to be there at 12? I was like, "You be there when you want to be there." Okay. There's twelve teams, twelve individuals running a team, but we we get a we get an audience. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's it's like the it's big, a spectacle. It's the biggest party of the summer. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. We've looked forward to this all year. Like, you know, there's Christmas. There's fishing trips to Lake Erie. There's beach trips. We can go camping in the mountains. Whatever it is. Nothing. Nothing. Rivals. Hardcore football fantasy draft. For all loyal listeners, just like with the NFL picks and everything else we do on spreads, I slap everybody's ass in this league year after year. Uh, not last year. I know, the worst year I've had in half a decade. I finished fourth. We hope that if you're listening to this, you fantasy as hard as we fantasy. I don't think you do, but we're going to show you what we got, and we invite you with a rebuttal. Show us what you got. Tell me how you're better. We invite anyone across the country because guess what? First place wins 900 bucks, and I guarantee I don't care where you're from, you're not going to take this 900 bucks from us because that's what we do, baby. <laughs> Most people, if they pop in for a first year, they just, what's the first thing they say? They immediately look around, like confused, and they're like, oh, shit, I wasn't prepared. I'm in over my head. What I get myself into. Yeah, it's like, well, we just took your 100 bucks. So anyway, we're looking forward to that this weekend. If you can't tell we're excited about it, I don't know what else to say. But we have baseball we're still enjoying, college football we're going to get some semblance of. The NBA is almost to the – kind of quarter playoffs. I don't know what the hell they're doing before they figure out who's actually in it. But we got a lot of sports. We're excited. And we're putting all our money in the bank saying that the NFL is going to go forward with the season. We're doing our fantasy draft. We're going to enjoy it. This has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Join us next week. We got another great guest, a big league pitcher. He's a lefty, right? 1990 Cincinnati Reds champ. 1990 World Series champion, and not just a champion, but a hell of a contributor. He's a longtime major league pitcher, so we look forward to getting him, and I think we might even try to go to his bar next year. Absolutely. I mean, we would go now, but it's COVID. But anyway, if you want to find out who it is, tune in next week. This has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Have a good weekend. We'll see you next week. <laughs>